Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Rundown, where we talk about 2A news and conservative views. I will be your host today, Craig DeLuz, coming at you from the West Coast, the Left Coast, behind the Iron Curtain, otherwise known as the Sierras. And today, well, it's just going to be us, folks. Unfortunately, uh, Mike once again has been called away duty calls. So it's just going to be us talking about the news of the day. But hey, we always have a good time, so we will continue to have a good time today. So let's jump right into it. Uh, well, wait, why do I always forget this? Before I do, let's go ahead and give a quick shout out to our sponsors. We're going to start with Hitman Industries. If you're looking for a rifle or pistol caliber barrels, can't think of any any better place to go than to hitmanindustries.net. Now, if you're a first responder and you've never bought from them before, then you can get a significant discount uh, the, for, with the first order that you place. Just go there, check them out. Uh, once again, wrist, rifle and pistol length barrels, uh, as well as they have Glock barrels. So once again, check them out, the place to go. Also, we have the California Republican Assembly working to help elect conservative Republicans to all offices, whether it be school board all the way up to president of the United States, supporter of one President Donald Trump. Anyway, check them out at CRAGOP.org. Ronald Reagan once referred to CRA as the conscience of the Republican Party. If you want to be a part of California's future today, make sure you join CRA. And then we've got Hog Holsters. That's H-A-W-G Holsters. You can find them at hogholsters.com. It is, by the way, Hog is H-A-W-G. It means helping Americans wear guns. That's right. Uh, if you're looking for a tactical holster, if you're looking for a inside the waistband, outside the waistband, concealed carry, whatever you're looking for, whatever you're looking for in a holster, I'll bet you they have what you need. And the best part is if you use the discount code, the rundown, all caps, no spaces, one word, then you can get a discount on us. So check them out today, hogholsters.com. Finally, outdoor gear, tactical gear, indoor gear, cold weather gear, hot weather gear, rain gear, camping, hunting, hiking, uh, you name it. When it comes to tactical, they have all things tactical but the gun. So go there, check them out today at uscombatgear.com. All right, now we can go ahead and get into today's stories. Um, you remember last week we had the uh, the three university presidents, the president from MIT, the president from UPenn, or from UPenn, as well as the president from uh, the president, I think NYU was there too, so maybe there were four. Uh, but then there was also uh, the president of MIT was there. Uh, oh, did I already say MIT? Anyway, Harvard. Harvard is the one that I wanted to talk about. The president of Harvard, and all three of them basically got up and said, and they were asked a very direct question. And admittedly, it was kind of a gotcha question. It was a question that was being posed by the, uh, uh, by the, uh, by uh, uh, Representative Stefanik. And really, it, it was to get at a particular point. And the point that they were trying, that, that's, that, that uh, the representative was trying to get at was that there were students on each one of these campuses. There were massive protests on each and every one of these campuses where they basically were saying that, you know, well, you know, they were basically protesting uh, and saying that, basically advocating for the genocide of Jews. Uh, they were saying things like, from the river to the sea, Palestine shall be free, which is known to mean, uh, it's known to be about uh, the, the elimination of Israel as a nation state and death to the Jews. There are people calling for Antifada 
Intifada Now was one of the chants that you heard. Once again, Intifada is the, uh, once again, the elimination, the annihilation, the assassination of all Jews and the destruction of the Jewish state. And this was going on on all of these campuses. And we played the sound clips last week where you had her asking specifically, do you know what Intifada is? You know, what about these things? And in each and every case, not one of them could say that the calling for the genocide of Jews violated their university's policies. Not one of them could say that. The best you got was them saying, well, it's, you know, it's it depends on the context. Meaning, in, in their specific, as they got more defined, they specifically went to, well, you know, if it led to action. And Stefanik, you know, being being able to seize upon that basically raised the question. So in other words, it's not a violation if you call for the genocide of all Jews, but if you actually attempt the genocide of all Jews, that violates the policy. Well, needless to say, uh, well, no, maybe not needless, but uh, mainstream media didn't report much on it at all. Didn't report much on it. I mean, hardly any did they report on it at all. But... What did happen was, uh, what did happen was, uh, a lot of people heard about it anyway, uh, and a lot of people heard about it because there are a lot of people in the media establishment uh, who support Israel, uh, either who are Jewish or support Israel, or and uh, they saw this and they could not believe it. I mean, the very thing that we conservatives had been talking about for the longest period of time, all of a sudden, liberals who support uh, Israel or support the uh, Jewish state, uh, all of a sudden they were seeing it and they could not believe what they were hearing from these woke college professors because they're more interested in their DEI, they're more interested in their hierarchy of, uh, was it hierarchy of uh, transsectionality uh, than they are in actual justice and actual free, you know, actual free speech or anything along, or actually protecting their students. None of that really matters to them it was so bad in the media it was so bad in the media that they actually uh uh, uh, i'll just give you an example you actually had uh uh snl saturday night live do a skit that was beyond uh embarrassing now what you'll notice in this skit is rather than the rather than actually showing the absurdity of the professors Notice who uh, they treat as though they are the bad person. Check it out. You're watching C-SPAN. Later, is Taylor Swift now dating Marco Rubio? But first, testimony from three university presidents on the subject of anti-Semitism on college campuses. Please, thank you. We're joined today by the heads of three of our most esteemed universities, the president of MIT, Sally Kornblut. I've never been more afraid to be anywhere. The president of UPenn, Elizabeth McGill. Can I just resign now? Not yet. And the president of Harvard, Dr. Claudine Gay. Thank you. Dr. Gay, would you like to do a quick joke about your name to get it out of the way? I would. Dr. Gay sounds like a molly dealer on Fire Island. Thank you. Now, I'll turn it over to mega superstar Elise Stefanik from New York, 
who's been pacing the hallways listening to Lose Yourself by Eminem. <laughs> Miss Stefanik. Thank you, Chairwoman. Now, I'm gonna start screaming questions at these women like I'm Billy Eichner. <laughs> Anti-Semitism, yay or nay? I'm sorry, what? Yes or no is calling for the genocide of Jews against the Code of Conduct for Harvard. Well, it depends on the context. <gasps> what? <laughs> that can't be your answer, you pen lady. Same question, yes or no? Well, we are serious about stopping all forms of hatred, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. Uh, that, 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 the second one. MIT lady, chance to steal. And keep in mind, if you don't say yes, you're gonna make me look good, which is really, really hard to do. So I'll ask you straight up. Do you think genocide is bad? Could I submit an answer in writing at a later date? Am I winning this hearing? <laughs> Somebody. So once again, as you can see here, and this is so it was so bad that even the Babylon Bee had to satirize it. This was a story that's over at the Babylon Bee. It's as powerful. SNL makes an unfunny skit to show that anti-Semitism is no laughing matter. Uh, that is how bad. Literally, how bad the uh, the skit the skit in particular was. It was not funny. You saw right there that it wasn't funny. The interesting thing all about it was was they got pretty much the context. She asked a question. Now, may, mind you, they made it sound like she was screaming at them. She was okay. She was a little angry, you know, kind of rah. But the point was was she was asking a very normal question. In fact, and that wasn't all she asked. She was very specific. She asked one of them, you know, do you in particular uh, as a matter of fact, it was it was uh, it was uh, Dr. Gay. Do you know what do you know what an antifada is? Do you know trying to make sure that that their position wasn't one of ignorance. It wasn't one of, well, I simply didn't know. I didn't know what they were saying or I didn't understand what they were saying. No, what it came down to was, uh, yeah, no, they were they were defending the rights of students, the rights of people to be there on their campus uh, and to call for, once again, the, the death of an entire race of people. And they were okay with that. Now, following all of this, uh, needless to say that several of them put out, they all put out apologies and I didn't really understand. And, you know, I was, I was, you know, it was, it, we were trapped into saying, no, you weren't trapped into saying anything. You said, you, you said what you said. You were given every opportunity to backtrack on what you said or to correct what you said for the record. And you chose not to. No, now, anyway, as a result, uh, the head of, uh, the president of, uh, of UPenn ha has resigned. Uh, and now there's calls for the president of Harvard to, uh, to resign. But the interesting thing in that particular case of what's, uh, what's actually going on right there is, is that the woke staff there at the university are actually stepping up uh, to defend her. It says here, uh, this is a story over at Fox News. Over 500 Harvard faculty members support university president in a letter to the board after anti-Semitism hearing. It says here, Harvard Corporation and Harvard Board of Overseers, uh, the Harvard, uh, the, the university's second highest governing body, met Sunday amid mounting pressure from donors and, lawma and lawmakers to remove Gay from her post. The Harvard Corporation is also 
scheduled to meet again on Monday, which is today. Uh, according to the according to the Harvard Crimson, uh, the Harvard Corporation is weighing whether to make a public statement in support of gay. So in other words, are they not even considering getting rid of her? They're actually considering making a public statement of support? Hmm. Uh, the University of Pennsylvania, President Liz McGill, who testified alongside Gay at a House Education and Workforce Committee hearing last week, resigned on Saturday. By contrast, just two days after the fiery hearing, MIT's executive committee pledged full and un, unreserved support for MIT President Sally Cornsbluff, uh, issuing a statement that championed her, that championed her understanding academic leadership, her judgment, her integrity, and her moral compass, uh, and her ability to unite our community around MIT's core values. Meaning that they can unite everybody, <coughs> excuse me, unless you're a Jew. If you're a Jew, uh, according to MIT's president, well, if, you know, the other students want to kill you, it's okay. Um, or at least if they say they want to kill you, it's okay. As long as it, <coughs> in the context, they don't actually kill you or try to kill you, then that's okay. Uh, but don't be a black student. Don't, 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 don't talk about killing black students. Uh, don't, oh, don't misgender transgender students. Make sure you don't do that. Make sure you don't, tra tra you don't, uh, doing that. Make sure for the students who may have ethnic sounding names, uh, <coughs> mind you, if you mispronounce their names, uh, you too can be removed from campus. Uh, you are not, you are no longer protected. We, we will not come around, uh, around you. Uh, if you happen to be conservative, nope, sorry, forget it. Uh, you, you are not part of the MIT community. It is, it, it, I guess, I guess we have to keep in mind that these are the same people who, who supported or who defended a Supreme Court, a now Supreme Court justice who declared they couldn't say what a woman was. So she couldn't say what a woman was because of political correctness and truth not really meaning anything. Uh, here in this case, well, it depends on what the... It's okay, you know, it, it may or may not be okay for you to call for the extermination of all Jews uh, depending on the context. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm a believer in free speech. I definitely believe in free speech. Um, but... I also believe in the the equal application of your university's policies. And if your university policy says that if someone does or says something that makes a specific group of students based on their religion, based on their gender, gender identity, sex, or some other immunerable uh, aspect makes them feel uncomfortable, well, then you you violate the university's policies. I got to believe that tens of thousands of students calling for the genocide of a particular people of a particular race uh, and harassing students of that religion and that race of that nationality while on campus has got to fit that description. It's got to, right? But yet none of those students have been brought up on charges. None of those students have been removed from campus. None of them. But that's the world that we live in nowadays. That's that's the university system now. I, I will continue to say that I am a firm believer that most of these 
uh, most of these Ivy League schools are educating their students into imbecility. And that's really what it is because they're not interested in teaching people how to think. They're interested in teaching people what to think. And when I say what to think, it is neo-Marxist, uh, the, the hierarchy of, of victimization uh, of the, uh, the hierarchy. What is it? The, uh, oh, the intersection, the intersectional hierarchy of victimization is what it is that they are pushing. And quite frankly, uh, you know, those who are Jewish, well, sorry, you're low on that. You're low on that hierarchy. Asian students, you too are low on that policy. If you are a student who is conservative, or let me clarify, if you are a Christian, you're not on that, you're not on that, on that at all. And that unfortunately is just the way it is uh, at these Ivy League schools. All right, moving right along to our next story. Uh, baristas harass a Jewish customer. And I, I know this is kind of short because I, you know, once again, I'm trying to make the titles all fit in to this uh the specific thing, but uh, in essence, uh, there were a trio of uh, of baristas in California. Here, I'll pull, let, me, let me do this. Let me pull up the story here. This was actually over at the New York Post. It says here, California baristas fired after blocking Jewish customer from bathroom claim claim the owner knew of anti-Semitic graffiti for months. So the point that, that, that we're seeing here is, is that, well, let me just show you what these baristas did. Um, and then we'll we'll talk about it a little bit afterwards. All right, so what happened here was the reason why they were blocking it was because there was some anti-Semitic graffiti that was in the bathroom that apparently had been there for a while. Now, let me just read a little bit of the story to you. It says, A trio of California baristas who got the boot after being filmed blocking a Jewish woman from entering a restroom said Monday they are being scapegoated and that the coffee shop's owners were aware of the anti-Semitic graffiti in the bathrooms for months. The three workers at Farley's, at Farley's East in Oakland restated their support for Palestine for the Palestinian cause in their email statement while insisting they stand against anti-Semitism and did not deny the woman entry into the restroom because she is Jewish. So in other words, they weren't denying anybody else uh, the ability to go into the restroom. They were just denying this woman the ability to go into the restroom. And this is a picture of the place called, once again, called Farley's East. Uh, this is the guy, one of the people who basically said, you know, now, once again, he said he's not anti-Semitic, but then at the same time he says, well, you know, just because, you know, just because we're familiar with your practice of, you know, taking someone's land and taking someone else's property and claiming it as your own. That's what this guy said, but he's not, say, I know Israel loves to take private property and say it's their own. Yeah, this guy right here is not anti-Semitic at all. Uh, that statement had absolutely nothing to do with it. 
Once again, and these are the other two workers. Now the question is, were they blocking it because they didn't want that they didn't want that graffiti to go to go viral? Or uh, well, just because they're anti-Semitic and they just didn't want her in the business. I think it was because they knew that that stuff was in there and didn't want it to go viral. Um, but here, now this is stuff that's been there. Now they say for, uh, I don't know, once again, I don't know how long it's been there, but supposedly this, they say, and this stuff has been there for months. Uh, as you can see, this uh, basically says, your neutrality slash apathy is enabling genocide was scribbled on a diaper changing station in the cafe uh zionism equals fascism uh that was another that was another statement it says here when it became clear she would not leave until being allowed into the specific restroom with the graffiti staff allowed her to enter the customer did not use the restroom but instead recorded the graffiti on her phone and left immediately the workers statement read now um uh once again no one I don't know, once again, did they have an issue with her because she was Jewish or because she was going to have that stuff put out there? She was going to put those images out there. Um, I guess I would just say this. If they if they hadn't made the statement that they did about, you know, about, uh, you know, the, the once again, the, the, in particular about the whole, you know, well, you know, what they know about Israel. How about that? If they hadn't made that statement at all, uh, I would have probably said that they probably just didn't want her to see the anti-Semitic. And, and the question is, if they didn't want that, though, why didn't they just say, you know what, there's there's graffiti in there that we would really rather you not see. We've asked it, we've asked that it be removed and taken care of, and it hasn't been done yet. Uh, we just really rather not. Um, you know, this is private property, and you know we would not want to have you recording it. I mean, they they. Well, I guess I don't know. If, honestly, I, I I I'm assuming that they could say that she can't record in there but I don't know. I would just say that they probably could have provided her with a disclaimer. Instead, what they decided to do was to block her. Instead, what they decided to do was call her names. When I say call her names, I mean specifically made anti-Semitic statements. And once again, this is the San Francisco Bay Area. This is Oakland. Oakland, San Francisco, Berkeley. It is, I mean, that's the triangle of, of liberal ideology uh, within the country, to be quite honest. Uh, you won't find many areas that are more uh, anti-American uh, than those particular areas. I'm sorry. Uh, they would not see it that way. But they, once again, in this case, being anti-Semitic, uh, being anti-Christian, uh, being anti-Jewish, being anti-anything anti that made America what it is today, that's what they qualify as. And I, and I th once again, I think it's sad. I think it's sad that, uh, that uh, places like this exist. Uh, once again, I think it is interesting to find out how long that stuff has been there. I appreciate the fact that the owner let them go after them after them doing that. Uh, but once again, I also want to know how long has that stuff been there and why haven't you gotten it cleaned up? Why haven't you gotten the hate speech cleaned up in your in, in your in your business's bathroom? How about you take care of it? How about you take care of business uh, and get that taken care of? And it's. You know, here's the thing, folks. Stuff like this happens, but it's my the worst thing is it's a sign of our times. I never thought we would be living in an era. I would be living in an era where this sort of stuff, these sorts of statements, would be okay. Honestly, where it's just, yeah, no, you can say whatever hateful thing you want about people who are Jewish. You can say whatever hateful thing you want about people who are Christian. You can say now you can't say it about once again. Once we hit that uh, that hierarchy of intersectionality. 
or that intersectional hierarchy of victimization, uh, you know, if you're low on the totem pole, well then, you know, if you're high on the totem pole, like if you happen to be black, or you happen to be trans, or you happen to be gay, uh, you know, then then we can't allow, we don't allow you to say that sort of stuff. But if you happen to be near the bottom, uh, well, we their attitude is you can discriminate against, you know, Asians when it comes to access to higher education. You can discriminate against Jews when it comes to, you know, calling for their genocide. Uh, that's kind of their thing. That's kind of that, that at least that's the way it appears to be. Uh, and by the, once again, with the defense of the folks in higher education, the defense of folks in media and entertainment, defending some of these folks. Um, I, the one thing I'll say is I appreciate that some folks who are on the left, uh, and there's a, a, a clip we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, during our, during our, our parting shots, but there are liberals and then there are the, then there is the progressive left and liberals I can deal with. Liberals simply disagree with us, uh, on, on our perspective, but at the very least they believe in the idea of having the debate and, and having it put up for a vote as opposed to the progressive left, which happens to be the far left, whose goal it is to tear down systems and they don't want debate. They don't want discussion. They want the opposition silenced. And when I say they want the opposition silenced, anyone who is not down for tearing down the system is the opposition. And that, by the way, includes uh, that includes current ideological liberals. Next on the agenda, we have lies about another about an Ohio state about an Ohio gun bill. Uh, and this is what they do every single time when they start promoting or talking about gun bills. And when I say lies, uh, some of it is lies because some of the people who are perpetrating it or, or disinformation because some of the people who are perpetrating it know it's not true. Uh, but a lot of the people out there, quite frankly, really don't know that it is, in fact, not true. Um, oftentimes in legislative bodies, you have people who are working to advance and pass fi- uh, laws relating to firearms uh, or trying to stop uh, pro-gun bills who know absolutely nothing about firearms, fire or firearms law. In this case, we're also talking about uh, we're also talking about about law enforcement. Uh, this particular piece here comes from the Dayton Daily News, uh, and now this is not an opinion piece. This is what gets me. This is not an opinion piece. This is a local news piece. So here's what they're saying: They're saying Ohio gun rights bill could hinder investigations of guns. They use the word "could" because then. They, they can say whatever they want. And they say, well, we only said it could. We didn't say that it would. Ohio's leading prosecuting, uh, prosecuting attorneys association says a gun bill currently before the state lawmakers could or would limit local police department's ability to help federal law enforcement investigate certain crimes, such as whether the man who shot four people at uh, Beaver Creek Walmart last month obtained his weapon legally. House Bill 51 would also prohibit state-level enforcement of federal rules restricting use of pistol braces like the one used in the Oregon district shooting in 2019. The measure, known as the Second Amendment Preservation Act, awaits, how, awaits a House vote, which could come as soon as this week. It was scheduled to be heard on the floor last Wednesday, but leadership held off on the vote. It, at its core, HB 51 is a message to the federal government that Ohio's state and local police departments 
will not be used to enforce federal gun restrictions. If it were to go into effect, all Ohio law enforcement would be blocked from enforcing, attempting to enforce, or participating in any way in the enforcement of any federal firearm regulation regulations. Uh, local police departments couldn't employ any any ex-federal agents who once enforced gun regulations, and departments would be subject to a $50,000 fine plus legal fees for the violation of the law. Now, the point that they're trying to make here is, is that the laws in particular that they're referring to are questionable or they're being proposed are questionable at best. Um, I haven't, once again, I haven't read the entire bill, so I don't know if there are specific aspects of federal law that they're looking to not have enforced or if it's just federal laws in general. But what they are trying to do is to make sure that, you know, when you take an oath of office, you pledge to uphold the Constitution of the United States uh, and to protect to protect it from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And all they're saying here is, is that if the federal government passes laws that are unconstitutional, uh, you are not bound by law to enforce them. Now, you can question whether or not they should be allowed to do this. I know that you do have states that have gotten away with doing this when it comes to immigration law. So if someone decides they want to do this when it comes to immigration law, why not do it when it comes to federal gun control laws? Um, I think what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Uh, if if they're going to make it so that lo- so that states aren't state and local governments are not required to actually enforce, or you're going to discourage them or harm or do them harm if they actually enforce federal immigration law, then I see no reason why uh, local governments why why a state government can't do the same exact thing when it comes to when it comes to uh, gun control, in particular, gun control that violates the Constitution of the United States, because you have places like California who pass laws knowing they are not constitutional. They know they're not. But what they figure is, is that they'll pass them. They'll be in law for several years before they make it through the court process and are deemed unconstitutional. They know this. Gavin Newsom has said as much. The the former head of the California Public Safety Committee has said as much. They've said that they do this. So why should we believe any different? Why? So anyway, so if you're going to have local governments that are going to do this, if you're going to have federal government that's going to do this, you know, then why not uh, Why not step up and say, yeah, no. If you're not going to require states to enforce immigration law, if you're not going to allow to force states to enforce, I don't know, drug laws, drug crime laws, if you're going to allow them to pick and choose which ones they're actually going to enforce, then gun control laws are, uh, well, they're fair game. Just saying, if we're going to treat all laws equally. New Woke Battleground, Fat Pride. This is an article actually from the Daily Mail. Check it out real quick. It says, how Fat Pride became a new battleground in America's culture wars. One in six U.S. deaths linked to obesity, but liberal states are banning fat phobia with discrimination laws. Sitting picturesquely in the foothills of the hiking and skiing mecca of the Rocky Mountains, Boulder isn't known as America's fittest city for nothing. Uh, intimidating, hair, hail, <laughs> intim- intimidatingly hale and hearty, it's a place where bars and restaurants 
are dead by 9 p.m. so locals can fit in early morning skiing or mountain bike climb uh, before work. It sits 5,430 feet above sea level, so endurance athletes from all over the world come to train here. Boulder's social calendar is packed with daunting, daunting series of strenuous events, including <coughs> the annual 10K, 10-kilometer 10 uh, road race that attracts 50,000 runners, a plunge into iced-over lake, uh, lake and tube-to-work tube day, which commuters uh, hurtle down the rapids of a river clinging to a tire inner tube, uh, to car tire inner tubes. It's <clears throat> look kind of weird because I spell tire differently than we do. Da, 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 da. Oh wait, what makes it what makes it so extraordinary that Colorado, Colorado, America's slimmest state, where Boulder is situated, is set to become the first state in the U.S. for 50 years to ban fat phobia by law, and it is not alone in its aims to legislate in this way. Across America, politicians have been plan have been planning laws. Uh, to add person's weight to the list of characteristics such as race, age, religion, and sexual orientation that are protected from discrimination. Uh, um, moving around. Okay. Urged, by, urged on by fat pride groups, which have sometimes served as official ad advisors, several other states are considering similar laws, including New York, Massachusetts, Vermont, and New Jersey. Now, uh, here's the thing that gets me about this. So in other words, these are the same people who are like, if, I don't know, these are the same people who, quite frankly, during COVID, refuse to point out, because, of the, because they don't want fat, because of fear of fat phobia, they refuse to talk about the number one comorbidity with COVID was obesity was being overweight because of all of the complications that come with obesity, right? But it was the number one. Well, let me clarify. Other than being over the age of 65, right? It, the, the number one underlying condition that would cause you to potentially die from COVID was being morbidly, it was being obese because it led to diabetes, it led to heart issues, it led to respiratory issues, all sorts of things that COVID was then able to attack, right? That that created a complication because of the 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 uh, because of the symptoms of COVID that would lead to people eventually dying. But they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about the health effects. They're so concerned. They're mostly concerned about making people feel bad. We don't care if you you know, are unhealthy. We don't care if you're going to die at an early age. We don't care. Once again, this is, this is places, this is, this is places like Massachusetts, New York, Vermont, these liberal places. And, and trust me, California is probably not far down the list of places that would pass idiotic stuff like this. Think about that. Now, once again, I, I, I get that, you know, no one should be made to intentionally feel bad, like making, you know, but in the end, uh, to know that what you are dealing with, the decision that you make, because for most people who are obese is a result of inactivity and poor diet. Um, for some, 
it's it's a function of it's a function of of their thyroid or or other things. But for most, it is the fact that they've chosen to not eat healthy and not exercise. Um, even people who are quote unquote big boned, as we like to as we like to refer to, even people who are large, you can exercise, you can work out, you can find ways in order to live a healthier lifestyle. Um, now, granted, not everybody is going to be a little skinny mini. Not everybody's going to be slim and trim. Not every dude can fit into a skinny suit or a slim suit, right? That slim fit suit. Not everybody can fit into that. In fact, some of y'all, some of y'all brothers need to not put on the slim suit. Just saying slim fit suit. Slim fit ain't for everybody. It really isn't. But it's about being healthy, right? And and sadly, obesity is oftentimes an outward sign of an inward lack of health or or issues that could be occurring in one's health or with one's health and that's folks that's got to be addressed and i can when i won't say i can't believe i can definitely believe because we once again we don't want people to feel bad they don't want people to feel liberals don't want people to feel bad even if feeling bad is a direct result of the decisions that they made let us be clear we're talking about the decisions that people make. Anyway, but yeah, that that right there is happening or occurring or over there in the uh, in the uh, uh, state of Colorado. Let's see what winds up happening. Moving right along, we're now at our parting shots. Brought to you by Hog Holsters. Just go to hogholster.com. Use the discount code The Rundown. I'll capture those spaces. Get your hog holster today. All right, let's go first with this video. I think you guys will love this. This was uh, when I was talking about earlier about what a liberal is. I think this one really does a pretty good job of kind of talking a little bit about that. I recently discovered that I'm not a liberal. What? Yeah, I thought I was a liberal my whole life. And then I looked up the definition and realized I need to check definitions first. Anybody here identify as a liberal? Okay, a couple of people after knowing you're walking into this joke. Uh, this blew my mind. A liberal is somebody who accepts and respects behavior and points of view different from yours. Do you know anybody like that? One person? The last one we had was Jesus, and we killed them. Uh, Martin Luther King, and we killed them. We're just killing all the good liberals. Why are we killing all the liberals, man? Every liberal I know thinks they're smarter than at least one person. You can't be accepting of others and superior to them at the same time. We need to change that name from liberal to bigots who believe in global warming, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it. And then the last one, our last parting shot today, uh, well, it goes goes right along with our, our initial story about uh, the uh, uh, the university president there in uh, in uh, at, at Harvard. This is also this also comes to us from the Babylon Bee. Uh, it says here it says Harvard President Claudine Gay uh, is in hot water for plagiarizing large sections of Mein Kampf. <laughs> Funny stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe maybe she's not. She has not tried to plagiarize Mein Kampf, but. Uh, to basically say that, uh, well, you know, to basically say that it's okay, uh, in any case, to call for the genocide of Jews uh, ain't too far off from Mein Kampf. Just saying. Not saying. Just saying. 
All right, folks. Well, hey, that uh, means we're going to wrap it up today. Uh, just uh, so real quick shout out to our sponsors. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Hitman Industries. Go to hitmanindustries.net. Get your rifle and pistol length barrels today. California Republican Assembly. Uh, go to cragop.org if you want to be a part of California's future today. Join CRA. And get your hog holster from hogholsters.com. It's helping America wear guns. Use discount code The Rundown at hogholsters.com. Get your hog holster today. And then get your tactical gear, outdoor or indoor, cold weather or warm weather, fast shipping, great prices, great selection, veteran-owned and operated, uscombatgear.com. And with that, we're going to call it a day. We will be back tomorrow. Hopefully, Michael will be with us. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow for Taco Tuesday. Enjoying the time. Until then, you guys take care.